I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'd like to take his his face off. Oh, no, not the beat! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. And welcome back to Cage Old Question, where we ask, is Nicolas Cage the greatest actor alive? I'm Artoon, and this is my wife-to-be, Christina. Hello. And on this show, we watch the entire film catalog of Nicolas Cage in chronological order, working our way through 40 years of cinema. As a disclaimer, this is a personal podcast not affiliated with any other third parties, and the opinions expressed herein are strictly our own. Welcome to Y2K. We have left the 1900s and we are in the 2000s. For today's episode, we are reviewing the 2000 film, Gone in 60 Seconds. Very loosely based off the 1974 film of the same name, the screenplay was written by Scott Rosenberg and it was directed by Dominic Cena. More importantly, we once again reunite producer Jerry Bruckheimer with action star of the decade, Nicolas Cage. And today, we are reunited with a very special guest, Grayson Niles. First time on the pod. Hello. Hi, yes. yes. First time, long time Excellent. Fan. And now Grayson is a writer and performer from Ottawa, Canada, now based in L.A. He's performed at stages and clubs across the city and has the physical presence of a superhero before they get their powers. Grayson, welcome to the pod. <laughs> Hi, friends. Hi. Oh, oh this is a treat. Good, good. Yay, We're so happy to have Grayson. you. We're happy to have you. Uh, I am so honored that you asked me to be a part of this specific well film, i because it holds a very special place because i feel it. Like, what is it what oh, is yeah, your background with yeah. the film mainly my background with this film is my before i when i was a young younger brother of my older sister uh and before i had my own taste in movies and whatnot there was a few movies that really stood out in my brain that were her favorite movies that i got to watch a lot uh, one of them was Twister mm. um, with Bill Paxton, and I can't remember who else is in that movie. Uh, and another one is Gone in 60 Seconds. So I used to watch this a lot when I was a kid, but it had been maybe 10 wow. years since I've seen it before you, watching you, it last You're night. saying Gone in 60 Seconds is one of your sister's favorite films? Favorite childhood films? Yes. And as she, well, she was, she's six years older than me. So she was a teenager, I guess, while watching these. And I was watching it along with her. So yes, this was a, one of those like household movies. It was this, Twister and Sister Act nice. 2. Those are like the three the... big trifecta of <laughs> Growing up films in that Canada I would watch along with her. Crazy. Well, this was, was this in Canada or was this in Texas? Uh, this okay. is in Canada. Yeah. This okay. would be in Canada. Really, really young. young. Actually, it would have been just before I moved to the, I moved to the U.S. in two thousand and two. Wow. So yeah, this would have been just like oh right before. So here's do you know what it is your sister loves about this movie. What we'll get into that. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna get into know. that. We'll get in. I, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into the specifics <laughs> of the movie later, um, uh, because Christina's opinion is already seeping through. It seems. Uh, I, I have a, another question for you in, in the same vein. Grayson, what is your history with Nicolas Cage in the sense of like, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so Nicolas Cage, honestly, I think this movie was my mm. first introduction to Nicolas Cage. I think because I was 
young at the time. This was probably my first movie I ever saw with him in it. Um, and, you know, since then I've seen all, you know, the big hits, uh, most of like, you know, like all his ones and whatnot, but yeah, Nicholas Cage, uh, is, I like most people I'd imagine is I, I'm very fond of him. I'm very fond of his work, very fond of his choices, his films. And yeah, again, we'll, we'll wait before we dive into this one, but, uh, this is a good kind of easing in, I think, to the Nick Cage averse, if no one has mm, kind of seen him sure. before, cause it's kind of, uh, it's not one of his most craziest roles no. by far. So it's kind of a nice little tiptoe. <laughs> the hypo you just set up where we found someone who has never seen a Nicolas Cage movie before. And we're like, the first movie you should watch is Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> yes. So absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, Artin, are you going to give a spoiler-free rundown of the movie, or what's your plan? What's your yes? I can give a I can give a spoiler-free rundown of the movie, um, and we can get we can definitely just get into it. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah. Do you want Uh, me to stall with a word from our sponsor? Why don't you give a word from our sponsor? A word from our sponsor is that Anushala is a wonderful restaurant in Boston where you can have wonderful food and. Um, Arjun, what would you order for Grayson? Not to put you on the spot when I said I would stall for you. If I'm not mistaken, Grayson eats mostly vegan food, or or Kaylee is vegan. That's correct. Um, That's correct. So yes. we do have a. Do you a also of... identify as vegan, Grayson, or are you more? <laughs> um, I am vegetarian mainly, but eat a lot of vegan. So in that food, case, you know? look, we can. So it's got cheese yeah, on it. I was about to say we can get a little bit. We can get cheesy. That's going to be totally okay. Um, look, a morning menace wrap, get some cucumbers, get some tomatoes in there. But I say add some cheese as well. You know what I mean? Make it dirty. (laughs) What the? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I like it. Is that what you say to when you're ordering? If you say make it dirty and they're like, I got you. Make it, yeah, I got no, you. It's like, you know, say, you order a dirty chai. you say make it dirty, they throw the yeah, cheese you, on. You order I a dirty chai. Don't, you know what don't I mean? encourage this. That, that is not what would happen in line. They would be like, what uh, are you talking about? And then the person I there think, would be like, our team I think told every, me to do this. I, I think every establishment should have some option when you say make it dirty. That they add some, something, a little, something, a little something extra. All right. Yeah. All right. Challenge. Given. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. That's the deal. Uh, that's the deal. Right. Hmm. <laughs> Christina hates it. All right. <laughs> uh, let's get into this movie. This is yeah. Gone in 60 Seconds. A little plot. It's mainly spoiler free here. Uh, Better those be. Those of you still, still interested. <laughs> Nicholas Cage plays Memphis Reigns, a retired car thief happily living his life as the manager of a kid's go-kart arena. But when his brother Kip, played by Giovanni Ribisi, takes a job for Raymond Calitri, played by Doctor Who actor Christopher Eccleston, but fails to steal 50 cars, he's in trouble. His life is on the line, and Memphis Reigns is brought back to save his brother's life. He needs to steal 50 cars in 72 hours, but really, it's only 24 hours in one night. He's got to get his crew together, and hold on to your butts, because this crew is huge. We have Angelina Jolie playing Sway, the love interest who does absolutely nothing in this movie. Will Patton... (laughs) Will Patton plays Atlee Jackson. Unclear whose side he's on. Robert Duvall plays Otto, the old guy who on the radio and on the chalkboard. Scott Kahn. 
Dumb as bricks and tough as hell as Tumblr. Vinny Jones is Snatch. He says nothing till the end. And there's literally... He's Sphinx. He's, he's not Sphinx. Snatch. He's oh, Sphinx. 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 He's in the movie Snatch. Oh, boy. I, uh, <laughs> Vinny Jones plays Sphinx. He's also in the movie Snatch. There's literally so many more. On their tail, Delroy Lindo Timothy and, and Timothy Oliphant. It. That's what I was saying. And also on oh, their sorry, tail. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's right, oh, Steve. That makes you sorry. think. Makes you think before Ooh, you speak. Makes me, think, makes me think before I speak. Be more like Sphinx. Delroy Lindo and Timothy Oliphant <laughs> play the two cops on their tail in a truly like catch me if you can type movie. This is Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, boy. And this movie um, kicks off the 2000s for us and Nicholas Cage. Right. And that's right. I just wanted to say Incredible. that I was double-checking Wikipedia because I remember growing up and being like, what are we going to call, like, this era of of life? Like, like, and it turns out it's the 2000s. Um, yeah. Wikipedia was like, it also is known as the aughts or the noughties. And I was the like, naughties. Mm-hmm. The yeah, naughties? Yeah, not naughties with an A, naughties with an O, like not like not there's not a drop in this barrel like it's not yeah 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 like it's it's we're zeroing out in the naughties and i'm just like that that hasn't been a thing interesting i've uh, heard the aughts i've never heard the naughties (laughs) (laughs) same same yeah never heard the naughties but it's funny we'll call it we can call it uh, this is now so this is a the third decade of that's that's correct yes 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 yes. we've entered decade three Amazing. Yeah, and honestly, he's entering decade five, where we're going to have to yeah, start updating we that we're going through 50 years. 50 de- it's yeah. over 40 years. But yes. so oh, that's true. Keeps, but, um, wow. Wow. This movie. Wild. What a movie. This movie. Hey. Uh, Grayson, why don't you kick us off? We'll go around the horn, give our initial thoughts. Also, moving forward, there will be spoilers. So spoilers ahead! Like, spoilers ahead! If pause if you don't want any spoilers. and come back. spoiling. I feel like a lot of people have seen this movie. I feel like it's one of the one of the bigger ones. I had never seen this movie. I had never seen this movie. I'd never heard of this movie. So I don't know what you're talking about. But okay. well, <laughs> Grayson, first impressions, initial thoughts. Um. Okay. So a couple months ago, when Artoon originally texted me and asked if I wanted to be on this episode, the first thing I said after agreeing was, "I'm going to guarantee right now that this movie holds up. <laughs> I'm going to. I I haven't seen it in ten years." But I'm guaranteeing on my reputation that this movie holds up. And I think I was, I'm almost positive. Nice. Hell yeah. It, I think it has some rusty parts, but overall it's fun. Yes. I'll toss it to Christina before some I bring it around. Balls you take. I love it. He gave it. It's coming <laughs> swinging. I'm like, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. It's nice. It's nice having someone who enjoyed it. Um, I, I, uh. I had really low to no expectations for this movie. It kicks off and there's like the most delicious opening monologue by Nicolas Cage that I've seen in a long time that I will like to get into maybe in a little bit. And so I I get all excited and I got ramped up. And by the end, I was not impressed. I was really bored. <laughs> and I, uh, I, sorry to... Uh, Justin, one of our listeners, but I took a little tiny snooze at the end. I just can't. I know it's so wrong, and you deserve to be angry at me. And it's 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 really unfair that I do it. But but I sometimes I'm like this. If a movie's just so boring and so bad, okay, I want to take okay, a wait, little wait, nap. Wait, wait, wait. All right, let me. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta. But I gotta. Also, I will also say it's not that it's so boring or bad. It's that it's it's like bang bang loud noises. 
I, when I'm sick, listen to like, or like watch like Hellboy or like, like explosion movies. So it does lull me to sleep. Um, maybe that's okay. part of it. Maybe that's part of it. Okay. But, uh, There's also, sorry. it's yeah, time Artun. to get. It's no, time to don't, get... don't slander me. Don't slander me, Artoon. Tell me, tell, say your initial thoughts. Without <laughs> okay. I'll give my, me. I'll give my initial thoughts before I slander. Cause I think that. No! Be, be um, <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie. I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's a very fun movie. And I think uh, it's it's very enjoyable. And I think there's like – there is too much happening. There's so much happening in terms of like – I kept thinking to myself because Christina was asking, is this a heist movie? And it is a heist movie um, in a certain way. Sure. But I kept thinking of like Ocean's Eleven because – of how big I, I as I previously went through, there's so many characters in this, and so trying to like keep your brain on everything that's happening. I don't think the direction uh, does a good job of making sure you know who everyone is and what's going on at every moment. You, it's like you got to really hone in. And I was like, can you do this successfully with a lot of people? And I did think, yes, Ocean's Eleven does a fantastic job of being like, there's a huge crew. Mm-hmm. Here's the people chasing them. Here's the bad guy we're able to like manage it. And I just think that does it better, but, but this is still a great movie, a fun movie, a fun movie. I'm, you know, I had a good I'm time. Just, yes. fun. I'm I would, trying yes. to interject, but I just, I just really want to say that like, I actually felt like the characters were very strong in Gone in 60 Seconds, other than Angelina. Oh my God. Sway is, <laughs> we'll, and we'll, uh, get into, we'll get into so that. Anyway, but, uh, <laughs> like, but I also wonder if that's because I honed in on the characters at the expense of the plot. Like throughout the movie, mm. I did not really know what was happening. Versus I feel like, Artoon, you were like, I know what's happening in the heist, but I don't know who any of these white men running around. But I knew, I knew are, who maybe. they were. I knew who they were. It's just they're like. All right. The premise you just gave was that you were like, I don't really know who they are but well i know no, i know who they it's more like ah. it's i think the, the movie doesn't do a, a great job of like it it's like there's the younger dumb crowd that makes well, all the mistakes said, but, i think what you said is is there's too much going on there's too much going and on I think, I think that's right but god they they drop the ball left that, and god. right this the, whole movie most of their problems are shooting themselves yeah, in the foot it's it's so funny to me that like there truly is this distinction where like it's like the gentlemen who are like the the older crowd, the more refined, whatever, mm-hmm. and the young crowd is truly bad at everything. They literally can't do anything right. They <laughs> get keys from like shady dealers and like don't realize they're being followed. One of the guys, this one was crazy. This is where I go. There's too much going on. Steals like. Some random mob boss who we never even meets car that has a ton of heroin in the back. And there's almost a whole side plot that's going to happen about that. And I was like, we can't introduce another, like, drug kingpin at this point in the movie. That would be crazy. Yeah. But then that gets dropped, I, th- right? I have a like theory. That, that, the heroin and they just take the car back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they take the car back. There's also another, like, they, like, randomly steal another car. And they they drive it straight to, like, the headquarters. It seemed like they were being followed by the police. They drove straight to the headquarters. And then the police just, they managed to lose them. But I was like, why would you drive to your base camp when you're being followed by the police? Like, you got to stay. Anyway, sorry. Where are you going to no, I agree a hundred percent. The helicopters, the police helicopters, give up yeah. very easily. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I liked that premise. What was it though? It was like airspeed. Oh, they didn't have right to enter the air airplane. I was like, which makes sense. Yeah, it was good. That, that yeah. actually, I was like, 
Nice. 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 Well, good thinking. (laughs) Yeah. Well, before we get too far into the movie, I was going to give a little bit of a historical context to also set the scene. Do you not want me to do that, Artoon? No, I was going to razz you for sleeping, but I guess I can let it go. Don't razz me. Oh, yay. What part did you fall asleep? Okay, it's yeah. I can. I can, I'll tell you. Like I'll tell you. Scrabbling around on, on a fire escape <laughs> or monkey bars, and I was like, I must rest. It is. It is. It's. It's after when Nicolas Cage goes back to the boss, uh, Christopher Eccleston. Um, yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler. Heavy spoiler right now. But I saw yes. Christopher Eccleston fall to his death. Yes. Yes. So Raymond, I, I, yeah. I caught that. I knew it happened. Uh, Great. When you but say you right saw that, you that, were jolted awake as it was happening. <laughs> 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 um, but it's when when Nicolas Cage basically goes like, I got you your 50 cars. And, and Raymond Kalitra is like, you were seven minutes late, Buster. And, and I was yeah. like, dude, come on. Like this. I asked for 50 cars, not and a half. Yeah, and, yeah, and I was like, you got to fucking chill, dude. This is, I mean, it's yeah, incredible. Chill, 50 dude. cars in one night. I mean, I feel like. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I've always thought the same thing when I've seen this movie. But like when, especially when he pulls up and it's not even the main uh, boss guy, but it's one of yeah. his goons. And he's like very smug. He's like, you're late. And we're done yeah. here. I'm like, from your business perspective, you're also going to get in trouble for not having yeah. this yeah. car because you're promising it to someone else. So you're just kind of just to be kind of a prick. You're ruining your own reputation with whatever other. If people I'm you're a doing. guard, I'm telling you what's happening there. We're like playing poker the night before we go. There's no way they're getting 50 cars. That'd be fucking insane. And then they <laughs> have 49 at least, and it's like they're bringing in the 50th one. I mean, I'd be like, dude, how do you do that? <laughs> that's that's incredible. Could you could you sign? Could you like sign the hood <laughs> yeah, of my I'd car? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you're amazing. Yeah. You're. Incredible. I would be like you, fucking loser. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. <laughs> okay, but Steen, you wanted to give. Well, I was just gonna say that um, that like usually I do a box office comparison for the movies to show that like like my opinion is not. What matters at the end of the day, they get to make their money and go home. But this is an interesting movie where it is, despite uh, having a budget of 103 million to make and getting a box office gross of 242 million, which would seem like you doubled or whatever. Um, Disney wrote this movie off as like a $212 million loss. Because the way, yes, because the way that Hollywood accounting works is that the theaters kept 129 million of that. So they take about half of it. And then after that, the distribution arm is left with about 100 million. And they had to pay, like, you have to cover your other logistical costs. So they had $13 million for prints to, to show and open in thousands of theaters. So, like, they were hedging, they, were hedging their bets on we're going to open big and make big money. So they paid a lot to open in many theaters. They paid $67 million for advertising to try to launch it at people. Um, They had uh, $10 million for like their insurance and other loose costs. So what they end up getting back to their distribution arm after all of these costs trying to fill seats and pay the theaters to fill those seats is $11 million that they're left over with. So... Oh, so wow. it is a it is a financial failure. Wow. Um, from I would say the studio's perspective and stuff, and it's it's just an interesting 
vessel then that you have that it's like pushed and lots of people saw it. And I would argue that it is not good. And then I think that ends up (laughs) being revealed in like as hard as you pushed it, not enough people saw it for it to be a moneymaker. And I, I, my, my, I'll tell you the flag I'm going to be waving and why I'm so shocked that we open it with it's one of your sister's favorite movies is that I'm like, this is not a movie for women. Like I can't, I can't. It is not. Like, and I'll tell you too, this is my thing with uh, Mad Max Fury Road is when women are driving cars, I'm like, this is so crazy. This is amazing. I'm captivated. When men are driving cars, I'm like, this is so boring. This is so boring to me. So that's, that's sort of my take, but um, let's. That's 100% true. All of what you just said (laughs) is accurate. This movie is so, I. As a, but you don't know why your sister I, There were so it? many parts of this. No, I don't really know why. I can't. I should have asked her actually. <laughs> I was talking to her the other day. But yeah, this movie is unnecessarily horny all over the place. And it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely not great for women at all. And it's, let's. I agree well, with that. Well, let's speak to the women of it. Let's speak to Angelina the women of Jolie it. Angelina Jolie is in this movie. She is second build. She's she second is second build. build. Oscar and the part was award written for her. Winner. The part was, and the part was for written her. for her. And apparently she likes Really? Yes. And apparently she likes cars as well. So Yeah, she's maybe there's just like a ah, car movie. Why not? But, but you would not know this from the way the, the role comes across. Right. It comes across like she is some nobody that they're just filling in with like a hot chick to be like, yeah, and put the hot chick role in. And it's it's a it's crazy from all angles of like sh- she's she's got platinum blonde almost dreads. They're like <laughs> pseudo dreads. And it's I was pleasantly surprised because in my memory she had full dreads and then when I was watching the movie I was like, "Oh, they're not quite." We were like, "Oh, very <laughs> tasteful. Tasteful." <laughs> but she, she Yeah, it's like, "Okay." It's just so weird because she and then she has like bluest eye blue evil eye contacts over her in her eyes and it just is so to me to me it's so so heavily the take what we can sexualize from black women and find super sexy and impose it over a skinny pale white woman of like Angelina Jolie is known for her big lips she's like like I think Angelina Jolie is amazing and I was looking up her wikipedia and just sort of rounding out my perspective of her and her her wikipedia page has a whole section devoted to appearance just so you know like (laughs) Mm -hmm. like the amount our culture has obsessed over the way this woman looks is huge and the first time we see her it's just so shocking because it's so to me i'm like there's so much going wrong just with a screen grab of what this woman looks like let alone that we continue and she's like has no real character totally confusing motivations zero chemistry with Nicolas Cage but then does that incredibly awkward car makeout scene where she's straddling the the what do you call that gear stick yeah the stick shift stick yes the gear change. While those people are having sex fully yes. in a window that is, they're not even yep. hiding at all. 
Here's my thing is that I actually think that that's a great setup for when you have when you have <laughs> mega stars that you're like we want to have a sexy scene between them but they're too huge for us to really justify getting them fully naked for like whatever then you just have some nobodies showing all their skin and yeah. doing the full sex scene and you juxtapose it. There's a sex scene by yes. proxy. Yes, dude. And it worked great. Yes. Well, I would say it, in execution, it does not come across. Because in my opinion, they have zero chemistry and it's so awkward how he's like moaning and muttering and yammering. I'm like, this... He gets really uncool. He gets like uncool. he's so, so cool uncool. for so much of the movie. Yes, Grayson. And then he becomes such a yes, dork. Yes, <laughs> I mean, only yeah. in that moment. Yes. Only in that one yes. moment. The well, rest of the movie, no, I, he's yes. the coolest. It's also, Thank though, you. let me say this. Let me say this. To, okay, to, say it or to, to, yeah, Not necessarily backup cage here, but this is in terms of, we were talking about it being the perfect setup. Making out in a car in the front seat is not an easy thing to do. So it's, besides the scene being in and of itself, really weird because at some point Angelina Jolie just goes like black leather, pink underwear, red lipstick. And Nicolas Cage is like, mm. and I'm like, what, what are we even talking about? <laughs> it, it truly comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it truly comes out of nowhere. Um, well, she puts you know, on the red lipstick to put it to match the I would say, Artoon, I would say another car kiss that came out of nowhere was our first kiss. When you That's right. Our first kiss was in a car. I lunged across the front seat and also, also front seat. Yeah. And you know what Christina says? It was a weird kiss. So, it was a weird kiss. <laughs> so to go to say it's would, true to life makes sense. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> the back seat. Yeah, you know, the back it, seat. It, it was real. You can kiss in the back seat because there's no divide. You've been Does doing that make a lot sense? of kissing in back seats, Arthur? I've kissed people in the back seat of a car before. Oh, my I've kissed God. Some, some people. <laughs> Have you Exclusive. not, Grayson? Have you ever, Grayson? Have you ever kissed anyone in the backseat of a car? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, well there yeah. you go. Wow. It's a place. Big it's kissers the, out here. It's the place. It's the place to kiss because this is what I'm saying. There's like a weird like middle space. Like your legs can't get yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is. I'm just my. It is hard to do it if if the people are tall. There's a there's a height they're limit. They're both tall, that, like a threshold. <laughs> and they're both tall. Yes. And there's over a decade age gap between them. Nice. Nice. Good. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, it going back to just seeing her for the first time, like you mentioned. It feels like everyone in this movie has a relatively atypical, like standard look, and then it looks like. She is in Bram Stoker's Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> well, she's like, like she looks, right out of Sin City. She has a, yeah, it's like this, such a stylized, like, uh, like, um, I'm trying to think of the name of that movie. It's escaping me, but she looks like yes. a vampire. It looks like a vampire yes. car yes. racing film. Wait. Like if she had fangs, I'd buy it. That you say that because part of the Wikipedia appearance section is describing her as vampy, and so vamp is a word that means like very like a sexy, seductive woman, and it's also like coming from vampire and stuff like that. And uh, and Angelina Jolie is the perfect like Hollywood vampire of beauty because she transcends like time, where she has some of that like crazy classic Hollywood looks, and she can do sort of that like black and white beautiful look but she also has an incredibly modern look and like is in like incredibly contemporary and she manages to be like she's she's like the forefront of like 
white women with big lips kind of I would say you would say that side of culture she also has the iconic like double mastectomy and so she ends up like being this sexual symbol of femininity while also challenging what goes into that Mm -hmm. but all also being like a skinny beautiful white woman but sorry it got very excited that you called her a vampire because you unlocked the booby trap tirade (laughs) that i had (laughs) it yeah and like i feel like her also like i know angelina jolie is also famous for full lips but there's something about this movie where they were on another level yeah well and that's that's the Angelina Jolie of it all for for <laughs> this part of it. That's which again goes back to. I'm surprised this wasn't a huge hit because you've Nick Cage, Angelina Jolie, Robert Duvall. You put that on a oh, billboard. That's huge, and they it's... were paying to put it on billboards. But yeah. I feel like I feel like Angelina Jolie and Nick Cage have zero chemistry. This is where I feel so like up in arms about it. Of having seen early Nick Cage, is I'm like I know he knows how to do chemistry and have chemistry, and so it's like what's going on that he and Angelina Jolie don't and that it Mm. ends up making him look so uncool to me like you said in that scene like that I for me what I loved about this movie if I can get into it that is going back to his opening monologue of like the first time we see him he is in this dirty denim jumpsuit he is looking so tan. It's so dusty. He's got like blonde hair, but it's it's brown roots with like the blonde halo up top. He looks amazing. And he gives what I felt was a very grounded monologue to these children that he <laughs> is talking to at his go-kart track. Do you guys mind if I recite it for you? Please. Please. <clears throat> Control, vision, determination. These are the three fundamental components of the new generation of race car driver. Speed is a byproduct, going fast. But remember, the car is you, you are the car. Okay? Let's ride. And I just like, if this movie was worth watching to me to get that monologue from him, but it's what made me think I was going to get a better movie out of him because it's like so grounded Nicolas Cage. It so ends up being like an amazing metaphor for him and his career of like the best parts of Nick Cage is when he has control, vision, and determination. Wow. And that the speed of his career, the like velocity that he is producing, the amount of movies that he's generating is a byproduct of those first three elements. If you have those things doesn't matter about going fast and that the car is you you are the car like he Nicolas Cage is the vehicle and if you're aware of yourself as the vehicle and letting yourself be like you're you are the car and the driving force like that's the driving force that's how you go fast and ride like and I just was like so okay. amped about that but then I feel like what the movie loses is the movie starts just trying to go fast without control vision or determination and then you're like in my opinion in your opinion which i'm about i'm okay i i don't uh let me i gotta i want to just not like a full rebuttal but like i think what you said is excellent (laughs) what you said was excellent you were frowning the whole time i was saying it so well it's it's because (laughs) it's because it's also like you keep saying like this is not a good movie this is a bad movie and i i don't know Oh, well, maybe I was You kind that. of did. But, uh, but oh. I'll say, to, to, uh, what I want to say, a couple of things. 
I think all three of us would be very into watching an entire movie where Nicolas Cage is coaching a bunch of kids to become yes! go-kart drivers. Yes! Yes! In that fact, would be so good! In fact, I Give think we could movie. go ahead and we could greenlight that movie right now. I think it could sell. Absolutely. Oh my God. In that one in that one little monologue, you are so on board with his character yes! because it shows that he's a he knows what he's yes! talking about. He's good at his job. He's good with yes! kids. So you're immediately that's his like yes! kind of pseudo saves a yes. cat moment yes! where he's yes. just like, I'm good with kids, people like me, I'm an everyman. Yes! You want me to see yes. But he's a cool guy too. He's being yes, a cool, yes. like he's not he's not being cutesy with the kids. He's being like He's treating them like adults yes! and it works. Oh. So Imagine. I'm with you there. And if it was a I'm heist movie where there. then the kids were trying to do the heist. No, anyway. no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, then I think where I lose you a little bit um. is, first of all, in terms of like going fast, I actually think what he brings to the entire heist element is like we got to take it slow. We got to be methodical. Mm. We got to work yes, through this. Yes, control, vision, control. determination. Yes, and so when you're saying then it's just speed, speed, speed. The rest of the movie, the speed, no, speed, not, speed I are didn't the say are the, the rest of the. I didn't say the rest of the movie. I said I said after that, later on in the movie, the end of the movie, the end the movie goes in that direction. For me. Sure, sure. What do you mean, sure? I also, it's, I just think you tune out during car races and during during fight scenes. Yeah, and so it's that's true. it's it's hard to get. Which I would say is when it's going fast. And no, I think it's just more like. as to where you don't like things. Ah. It's like your personal taste right, is against right. it. Whereas yeah. I actually think the some of the best part of the movie, the actual, like, once we get to the heist part of it, I actually think it's part of the better directed part of the movie. Whereas I think the director had trouble with a little bit of the middle section where he's, like, like kind of setting things up and getting the characters together. Which is why I think you followed the characters because you were able to see what was going on on screen, but it was hard to put it together. I think that's where this film fails the most is like cohesively that middle section because I actually think the ending, yeah, is all like the ending is action packed and it's well what done. Is, can you can you in it, you can slander me I guess a little bit like without without losing yourself in the sauce. Sure. Can you give me the clear ending of where you would say, like, the climax through the ramp up? Like, what happens in those moments that you find satisfying and okay. clear? I'll, I'm going to start, but then I'm also going to pass this off to Grayson to see if he yeah, agrees Grayson, or if there's anything else. Jump in, cut okay. him off at any point if you feel like you we can do a better We start job the third okay. act. We got to steal 50 cars. That's, that's – and we, we're going. It's the night of. We start stealing, and things are going well. But of course, problems are going to arise. Problem number one, the Mercedes are being watched, so we need new Mercedes. So they have to then go, we raise the stakes to the police impound. And even further to raise the stakes, the dog ate the key. So the stakes are constantly being raised here. And then they got to break into the police compound. Additionally, as they're going about, like, some guy gets shot. So at this point... Like uh, one of the younger kids, the, a younger kid to the younger kids, like a truly a, a child, I feel, is You're getting gets lost. shot. You're getting lost. Okay, Keep but uh, so someone gets shot. So there's also injury. There's one car left to steal. And the entire time it's been Eleanor, uh, which is, I have it written down, a 1967 Shelby Mustang GT500. It's the car that gets away. They set this up the whole movie that Nicolas Cage has never been able to boost this car. And that's the final car left. And as he's boosting it, he then gets finally caught by the police. And so we 
exit the heist, and we're now into a full chase. And it's a great chase. We're in the L.A. River. We've got tons of cars. He's he's precise. That, like, the filming of that was good itself. He, like, goes into a pier. He's, like, speeding around. There's, like, a, a missile, uh, some sort of gas missile that's, like, going around hitting the police cars that he avoids. All to bring the car back to uh, Doctor Who and go, I got the cars. Eccleston. <laughs> Christopher Eccleston. He goes, I got the cars. And he goes, you're late. And then there's a fight that breaks out. And the fight that breaks out there, it was a little bit of a downer from, like, the heights that we had just reached. But, like, that chunk is chef's kiss and grace. But, okay, so this is – this, but you're, you are described I, – I think I'm appreciating that you're tempering me about, about the quality of this because I do – I did like some of those moments. But it is that the car chase for me is boring, which that's – personal taste because i can get behind like like apparently nicholas cage went to like a bunch of stunt driving schools and like picked up stunt driving race driving as a hobby after this and like so he's doing the real work there there's things that i can admire and appreciate about what you're saying about the execution of that but it does become like when we deliver and now we have to have another climactic fight that's too much that's where i got bored that's where i was like i can't believe like like you're gonna climax me again i i i you were asleep. You were asleep I, during that I'm part. That's what I'm saying. I had to take a little snooze because I was like, I can't have gone through this whole car chase just for you to also start fighting again. What is the point? But, but, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bitch and moan about it. I, uh, 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 Grayson, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about the, the end? I, I agree. I think that the, again, well, I think one of the reasons, reasons why I love this movie so much as a kid. This movie before Fast and the Furious was my first exposure to Nitrous. And in the scene when he's in the LA river and he just, that (laughs) flick goes up and it says, go baby, go on it. And he hits it and the car takes off in the middle of lots, like from a kid growing up in cold government town, Ottawa, Canada, where it's winter six months out of the year. And you're seeing this like golden sunlight across <laughs> a like the Los Angeles River, which I didn't even know that was a river. I just thought it was some sewer, empty, <laughs> dried sewer space in Los Angeles. <laughs> and then the car takes off, outruns a helicopter who fully gives yes. up. He's just like, he's gone. <laughs> and the helicopter pulls yeah. away. <laughs> I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it was that moment, I think, that stood out to me so much in this movie because it's that particular set piece i think is it's exquisite. exquisite it's so much fun the whole the whole movie or not the whole movie this whole section at the end him with eleanor and everything as i was watching this movie and i wrote this down it's essentially like the metaphor between eleanor because it's literally a mustang it's essentially a horse race with cars the whole it's literally a wild horse like the whole time it's He's skidding around corners. He's trying to control it. He's trying to tame it. The car is a personality. Yes. At one point, it like refuses to turn yeah. on. It's literally like a bucking horse that he's trying to yes. tame. And I think that's really cool in terms of it. Like this car is such a huge personality to it. Which then later, when you see it, again, spoilers, getting crushed at the end <laughs> is heartbreaking. Yeah. Because of how much you went yeah. through to get it. And he finally got it for 10 minutes. And it just crushes in yeah. front of him. Which I... I love, um, but I will agree with you, Christina, in that the very end, in that last little fight bit, 
it does, it steps down a little bit from the stakes of jumping over, like all the cars he jumps over on the bridge when he does that whole thing, incredible, flying through the air. Uh, it steps down a little bit stake-wise yes. at the end. So I agree with that and for sure. Thank you. In fact, Wait, I was just going to say, oh. you mentioned uh, Fast and Furious and uh, Timothy Oliphant is in this movie. Every time he was on screen, I was like, Timothy! I was so happy to see him. <laughs> he was the studio's first choice to play Dominic Toretto in the Fast and Furious franchise but apparently he declined largely because similarities to this film and then it's and i'm just like is that true like i it's just a little blurb on imdb you don't know all the decision making that goes into it was he like this isn't the direction i want my career to go in i don't want to be like the car guy guy or was he like oh i don't know about making things like too much in a row like does he regret turning down fast and furious or is he like it's i didn't want to be like muscle tough guy i wanted to do other things but i don't know i'm surprised he didn't i feel like if he if he would have been that's such a different yeah. character than what he played in yeah. this movie like he was the younger like there were so many parallels between like the older experienced cool guy with like the younger idiots yeah. that yes kind of are there too yeah because he was the younger idiot of the other detective yes. he didn't really typically elephant doesn't really do much no he just quips he's he's yeah, the he quip quips. he's the His quip quips are he's great the quip though guy. he was fun i was happy to see him um, I love Timothy Oliphant, and I don't necessarily think Vin Diesel's the best <gasps> actor, but I'll say this. It could only be Vin Diesel for Dominic Toretto. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. That character, 1,000%. Did you, because, Grayson, if I'm not mistaken, you're also a Fast and Furious uh, aficionado. I am. Am I crazy? The ending of this movie is a barbecue family style where everyone's like together mm-hmm. that... To truly, including the lighting, feels Fast and Furious completely ripped off years later. Yes. Years later. Because they don't do the barbecue until like Fast 5 or 6, where they do their big family barbecue. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> it's crazy. It has everything. It's literally, yeah, the post-family the post family time wind down is such a... I, I, yeah, literally I was watching it. They're grilling outside of the hood barbecue. It, it, like, it was awesome. Perfect. It was awesome. <laughs> I love that too. That's exactly what you're allowed to do in in storytelling. Is they're called uh, sans affaire. Is like classic elements of a story, and you're allowed to rip that off because it's not it's not it copying because it's so ends up being so generic. Sure. But the idea of like car movies have to end with a family barbecue <laughs> is like because it's so Shakespearean of like Shakespeare's plays are usually always he's like if it's a comedy we're ending with a wedding and if it's a car movie we're ending with a barbecue like that's yeah that's awesome barbecue and beer and yeah family time family picnic after it's good. I mean it's great. Look, nothing makes me want to crack open a Corona and you know have everyone over and I'm in a tank top than the ending of a car movie. Oh, speaking yeah. of family and food, there's a great scene in this movie where Nicolas Cage and um human name brother played the brother Kip. Uh, Giovanni. Giovanni yeah. BC. He's cooked breakfast for Nicolas Cage and it looks awful and disgusting and, and Nick like chokes it chokes it down and then calmly mm-hmm. goes, It's good. <laughs> and that <laughs> that was so funny. And they had, I thought He's a yes. good brother. They had good, good brother. They had good chemistry and like like Nicolas Cage has fun quips as well throughout the movie. He like at one point tells a guy like your knowledge overwhelms me, which is very like 
every so often he'll have these like kind of flirty moments with men where he sort of talks them up and they're always so like chuffed about it. And yeah. I really like that. And another great is I'll just uh, good things come in threes of like my other favorite uh, cage quip of the movie is when Christopher Eccleston uh, asks him, do I look like an asshole? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, yeah. and we, we can kind of move into, uh, we've been talking a lot about the movie and less like cage has been into it, but like uh, we can speak more directly about cage now. Mm. And I, I think he actually does a pretty good job here. Um, and like, I think it's highlighted, especially as you said in the beginning, but also like where he gets to show off his chops into both what made him good at being a car thief beforehand, like on the like side, is when he goes into the Ferrari shop and you see him completely, and that's what you were talking about, kind of flirting with other men. He's like, mm, yes, Ferraris. I see every other asshole on the block with one of these like models. Like, where's the good stuff? You know, like, and like, it's a yeah. great scene. Um, and I think it shows off both his acting chops as an actor, but also what made him so good back in the day. Oh, I just want to I just want to yes. needle you a little bit there, though, because that's not what I when he does the dealership persona, he's acting like an eccentric rich man. He's not necessarily doing what I find the like when he's charming another man mm. by like being like like saying something like using his charisma to sort of make oh, him I like him. I, I thought that was that was a different type of classic cage where he was like. He's he's not someone you're like, oh, yeah, I want to get a drink with him and, like, do whatever he wants. You're like, this is a weirdo, but I think he'll let me into his pocketbook. So I'm mm. going to keep keep mm-hmm. entertaining this. That scene feels like he feels like he's the most, like, that particular moment he feels like Nicolas Cage is, like, having not not the most fun, but it feels like the cagiest part of the movie because it's like, oh, you're playing someone now, you're doing a big swing yeah. as opposed to the rest of the movie, yes. which is pretty subdued. Or like Grayson, this part, subdued. he's like, oh, let's do something fun. Yeah, this was it was it was more silly. Yeah, sometimes he's doing subdued, but it's like it's more silly. And I would also say the makeout scene was like very silly and not subdued, and it doesn't work. Versus in this right. the dealership yeah. scene, it also makes me think I'm like I could absolutely see. That, like, sometimes Nick Cage is, like, chilling and he's, like, I'm a normal guy, I'm a dad or whatever. And I bet sometimes he goes in when he's doing some big spending and is, like, you know what? I can act like a big old weirdo and everybody's going to stay polite to me and bring me what I want. And isn't that fun? Isn't it fun to act like a chaos man sometimes? Yes. And Yeah, of course. What it- I feel like the two of you, scene. both you, Artoon and Grayson, would gladly someday be like <laughs> i'd love to be we'd love Take to be my chaos credit man. card we would love <laughs> to be chaos man yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> yes because everyone has that story for the rest of their lives like remember that time that nicholas cage came in here he was amazing. <laughs> um what did you think of cage cage's performance in this grayson i thought that he i thought he was a great main character i thought that he had like he had the gravitas of everyone, you know, uh, he was without a doubt, the leader, he was cool guy when he needed to be, there was obviously moments <laughs> where, you know, he kind of, he sort of gets lost in it a little bit, but, uh, I thought it was good. I thought again, yeah, he's very, 
everyone above him is like energy level much higher. And this movie, he's like the calming presence yeah. of everyone. He's like, I got this. Everything's going to be fine. Listen to me. Everything's cool. So he's a bit less uh, chaotic than a lot of his other mm-hmm. performances. But I thought he was kind of like grounded and good. And he's so watchable. Yeah. And he's like slightly little blonde hair. As, oh, it's it's good. good. He has he has one like, which makes sense. He has one like, quote, freak out moment. Because it feels as if, it's not in his contract, but it's like moviegoers are expecting him to yell at some point. And really the only time mm-hmm. he he goes full on is after the car chase when he arrives to um, Christopher Eccleston's. One of my favorite parts of the goes, whole movie. I'm so goes, glad you're bringing this up. I'm a little bit tired and I'm a little bit wired. Uh, and it, a little bit wired. And it's amazing. It's I'm glad we get it. It, it feels love- like a treat for us. All of his movies, there's always one line that stands out from his films that just I think about from time to time. And in this movie, it's where my whole life, I always think about the line when he's talking to Doctor Who <laughs> and he's saying, so you take 80 from the 200 and you got a deal. You take 80 from the 200 and we call it even. And for some reason, the way he says that with like his hands in the air and freaking out, and then him just calmly being like, okay, <laughs> we got a deal. And he's like, okay, great. And like, for some reason, that moment, yeah, where he's like high, and he's just yeah. high strung. And well, it makes it, his adrenaline so would be coursing through his veins at that point. He's just had yeah. the chase of his life. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's, we, I was watching this with one of my friends last night, and we realized that not a single character in this movie <laughs> sleeps in three days. <laughs> The amount of stuff that's going on, there's no time for them to sleep because we're trying to draw the dots of the, the timeline of what's happening in 72 hours. Not, they have not slept a week. But they're also not doing drugs. It's not like they're cocaine-fueled and that's an aspect of it. No. They're just so devoted yeah. to the craft of car thievery. They're high on... He has one cup of yeah. coffee <laughs> in the whole movie, and that's what gets him through it. Well, I... In terms of also, you said he's a great lead actor in this, and I think that's true, and I think what really he does well is he's both able to take focus when he needs it, but not like rob it from others. Like uh, Robert Duvall still like shines in this as like the old guy. Uh, And like, even the, I liked the first scene between Nick and Christopher Eccleston when they first meet and they're going at each other. I thought they had good energy, good, good chemistry and that they were both taking like the state, like he was sharing instead of, Mm -hmm. I, I love that. The scene where they're pointing guns at each other and he's like, let me explain to you exactly what your options are. And he's true. Yeah. Like everything he says is yeah. accurate. And he's like, yeah, you have no way out of this. So you better yeah. just do it. And I was like, I thought like the stakes that they established was good. were so was good. good. It's like, oh yeah, he's got nothing else to do yeah. except yeah. listen to this guy. Yeah. Or also, sorry, just to reemphasize the Nick and Christopher Eccleston like I, energy that I enjoyed is that the other Jerry Bruckheimer is The Rock, and we've got it's Sean Connery, right? That's and and yeah. they are both like big guys, and they're not sharing the energy of the scene. Like we talked about, how you can tell. Mm, like, agreed it's just to disagree. Short cups. <laughs> okay, that's that's my my opinion is that they are not. You don't even like see them interact together. Usually, it's usually like one side or the other, and then sometimes they come together. Versus, I felt like I felt like here there was more. I liked the ensemble work. I liked when characters were sharing. Mm-hmm. It's part of why I was so mad when like Angelina Jolie doesn't, in my opinion, get to fully partake in that because it's like, what the what heck? I like, just what was her like? It seemed like everyone else had somewhat of a reason to be there. And like she said, she, she goes, she goes, I'm here for Kip. 
And it's like, why? He doesn't even talk to you. No question. She says no questions asked. Yeah, he doesn't even speak to her at any point. We don't see them like, uh, like. They don't share one line of dialogue. (laughs) That's true. And he's supposed to be her driving force of why she's participating in this heist. Yeah. She feels like a character that was added in after they were almost. And they went, we need need a woman. We need a woman. We need to put (laughs) someone in. Yeah. Um, The movie is also. In terms of us, Grace and I enjoying it a little more, there's some racist elements to this movie that are, I'd say, not excusable at all. Yeah. I'd say not only Several. did it age well, I can't imagine it was it was taken well at the time, but there's a recurring bit. Yeah, we're in the 2000s bit. now. There's a recurring bit that there's an Asian lady who cannot drive. Uh that they were like, they hit it once and they're like, we got to hit it like maybe at least one more time, if not two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they they thought that was a home run. They're like, we got it. This is that gold. that scene. Also, you get the double whammy of it's the Asian woman driving and the black the black instructor, whatever. And he's like, he's like, you can't drive. Like, and why do you like? You should. And drive. I can't why swim. I stay away from pools. And it was like, oh my god, oh my. And those characters, they solely exist to perpetuate racist stereotypes and like say those things. It's crazy. Yeah. There's a there's a few <laughs> characters they added that are just the yeah. most stereotypical versions yeah. of what they could be. Michael Michael Pena's Pena's in this in movie, this movie. For a I kept thinking to myself, is that Michael Pena? And I go, ah, it can't be. He looks one so young, two, it's such a small role, but I'm it was him. And it gave us but it gave it me his hope, Grayson. Car that ha- is full of heroin or no? No, no. That was unrelated. He, okay. No, no, no. no, no. Unrelated. unrelated completely. We didn't even discuss that there's like a rival gang that's also trying to do the boost. That we have, yeah. we have not even discussed them. The sub <laughs> the subplot stakes are uh, need yeah. some work. That was crazy. Yeah, Michael Pena's. I I can't even remember what his role is, other than I think he's just supposed to be like a gangster. Um, yeah, he plays a guy who I think he says they're yeah they're I guess they're they are in that yeah. turf, and when they're walking the dog. He just sees them and is like, "Hey, what are you exactly. doing here?" And like, "Oh, we're not trying to, you know, exactly. blah, blah, blah. But that that gives me hope, Grayson. That gives us that gives us hope. You could have two lines in a movie filled with stars, forgotten oh. in the background, wearing a hoodie, and twenty years later, you can be in the Ant Man and the Wasp. You know, you could. It's you the could dream. Really have it all. It's the American <laughs> yeah. dream. There's so yeah, the amount of. Uh, Again, I think this is. I think this is a great movie. If it, but it needs yes. trimming. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be trimmed. They need to cut some of the extras out of here that are not necessary. I think there are, especially in the middle. Christine, I think you mentioned it was this. Artoon. Artoon was saying the middle is where he got lost. Yeah, the middle is a little bit. I think they add in a lot of stuff that to kind of try and raise stakes here and there, but then never comes back. So they're not, it's like false heightening almost. Um, I think the first 30 minutes, like the first act of this movie is excellent. I think the stakes, the plot, everything they set up, all the characters and stuff, I think is amazing. And then they kind of in the middle, one thing that I really wish they had one or two more scenes with, Doctor yes. Who. Yeah. I still feel so bad. I can never remember this. Christopher, Christopher Eccleston, ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston. King of the Revival. He <laughs> he is only in the very beginning and the yeah. very end of the movie. And if he had a couple extra spots in the middle, I think it would have really 
Because you kind of forget yes. about him, and then they add all these other bad guys yes. in. I'm like, oh yeah, they're not even the main yes. antagonist. Yeah. I, I think what you do is you get rid of the rival gang. You have one funny scene, yeah. which makes no sense, where they escape to a diner, and they somehow manage to sneak out, even though they're watching the diner, and tie the yeah. rival gang's car to a pickup truck that drives away. Or a big rig, excuse me. And then the cops come yeah. and get them. I go, we... They pull their guns immediately. Um, the, instead yeah. of asking if they're okay, they immediately yeah, yeah, yeah. draw their guns on these yeah. guys. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but all this to say, we don't really need this rival gang. I think you can get rid of that completely and add in, in terms of one or two more scenes, you somehow just work it in that there's another scene with Christopher Eccleston. And even the, the detectives are good in this like it's fun yeah, to watch the them is so fun that's that's what it is is that you already have two antagonists <laughs> you have two antagonists we don't need a third yeah, you don't need to add in even more it's some so would even you say have... the younger brother is also an antagonist he's also an of... it's totally true he's he's messing things up his own ego is getting in the way like there's i i, I just totally agree of like they're if you trim the fat from this movie, the bones underneath are made of like Wolverine metal, vibranium, whatever that is. Like they're, they're so good. They're so strong. They're so interesting. But when you add in all this yabba dabba do on top, it's, mm-hmm. it's. There's a lot of extra yabba dabba do. Yeah. There's well, a lot of extra yabba dabba do. Let's hear some final thoughts, huh? Did you guys have final thoughts on yabba do? I have something that I want to bring up that I haven't gotten to yet. Let me see here. Let me see here. Any final thoughts here? Oh, this is a small thing, but this is a final thought. Okay, let's hear your final thought. What I love in movies like this, Mad Max has it. Uh, other Like other similar Mad movies have it. Mad Max OG or Fury Road? Uh, the second one. Um, and real. a little bit Fury Road. In junkyards they have fire shooting out of like little pistons into the air yeah i've never seen anything like this in real life ever in my life it It looks looks like hell like it looks like they're descending i feel like it exists exclusively in movies the only place it really also exists is when they mine for oil but we're not in oil fields (laughs) we're not in oil fields where they're just gas but it does, when I watch it, I'm like, ooh, scary. Like, I do get, yeah. like, I'm like, nice. Ooh, fire. Mm-hmm. Dun, yeah. dun. It's the kind of thing where I feel like <laughs> if my hobby was, like, junkyards and recycling and stuff, it would make me really mad because I'd be like, that's not safe. But since I don't know anything about it, I'm like, oh, I like the fire. <laughs> like yeah. The fire. Oh, yeah. It's just a sense of yes. danger yes. everywhere. Sparks flying. Oh, so and I do have one more thought. Oh. All right. The movie opens with a song that is very <gasps> near and dear to, yes! uh, to my yes, heart. Yes, Yes! I don't know. It opens with Bring Sally Up. That was so... And that mm-hmm. was part of where I was like, is this movie going to be banging? And I got all excited. The the intro is intro so good. So good. And you're immediately on board. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. oh, yes. With the shots and you see like their it's family so and you get a little cool. background of like, oh, they're yeah. brothers. They're this and blah, blah, blah. It's so crazy to have that be a credit song because it's like, I, I don't... I, I don't think people would try it and I think they should. I think we should just be like, forget, forget about it. it like just, just keep, put it in everything. I always, yeah, I always thought that'd be a great song to come out for an improv team <gasps> to come out to. That's a great idea. Flower wow. by Moby. Wow. Is um, the improv team's name Sally and it goes, bring Sally up. That'd be great. That's not bad. That would be terrific wow. actually. All right. Shelf you that. You heard it here first. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, shelf it. Shelf it. Let me do my babbling, which is um, <laughs> I want to talk about Vinnie Jones and his character for a little bit. Uh, so the Sphinx. The Sphinx is a cool title, but it's sort of like they're traditionally, in my mind, like feminine uh, creatures. And so it's like, like, what's going on with this guy? Apparently, it's written in the script that he has no nose. And so that's what it's like, the Sphinx. And he would wear glasses with a fake nose uh, for the for (laughs) during the heist. To, so that people wouldn't notice. Wait, like Groucho glasses? I, I, don't, I, can, I feel like they would be cooler. I feel like it would have been more hardcore. But instead he has his nose and he's just a serious guy and the character ends up being like totally silent until he the barbecue scene where he's like starts chattering on. Um, and that's that would have been so funny. This is very similar to his other role that our two and I are familiar with. Maybe that you remember him from Grayson as well is he's in Midnight Meat Train as the midnight meter uh and he's he doesn't speak at all uh until i think at the final part he has, has something to say but that's that's gonna be eight years later in 2008 Vinny jones uh will keep playing wow these guys um i thought that he had of all the characters like you're saying oh, there's a lot of characters i do feel like he was one that I think he had a great character moment when he like blows up all of the car. He shows up yes. to save so Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Single-handedly yeah. destroys by, so, like, that whole five crew. Five guys and like, in the time he This guy is hardcore. Yes. Oh. But then he never really sh- gets to show he that puts again. the sandwich he's eating on the cadaver. That's his like first. On, on the, the body. body. You're like, yeah. like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you launch him up to be yeah. so cool. I thought his so ending think- monologue was so lame. Like so uncool and embarrassing. <laughs> Wide. He's a poet. He's a silent yeah, poet. It's it's one of those. It's also one of those things where it's like they're clearly trying to make it sound like oh he's had a super smart mind all along, but he's actually like just rambling for a thousand years to say like very basic concepts, which I feel like if you're a smart person, yeah, he's essentially <laughs> just like I wish I got a scar. Yeah. <laughs> and and on on the subject of like. Of like the the cast trivia and where they will be later on, um, so Scott Kahn, son of uh, James Kahn, who Nicolas Cage was in Honeymoon in Vegas with, will be in Sunny two years from now in our chronological thing, which is the first movie that Nicolas Cage directs, first and only movie he directs. Um, which, sorry if I'm confused, is James Kahn's character in Godfather? Sunny? Yes. Am I getting confused by that? So that's interesting. I'm looking yeah, forward oh, to yeah. having that be unraveled. Um, and like then Nicholas Cage will uh, go on to co-star with Angelina Jolie's father, John Voight, in the National Treasure series. So he's acted with... All these connections. I'll tell you. Hollywood is a family business. Do you, you think you can business. move out here and make it? It's... You gotta... We gotta break the family recipe. It's true. And what's interesting, speaking of family people, Robert Duvall and James Duvall are in this movie, but are not yep. related. Oh. Something else to think about. So that's how I thought they were. I was like, oh, James Duvall, like his son's in this. But no, no they're not. <laughs> and, the, and Robert Duvall in Godfather also directed by Francis Ford Coppola, Nicolas Cage's uncle, who said, no, I will family not business. put you in the Godfather family business. movies. Family business. You I'm stay you. out of those. He was like, fine, then I'll act with Robert Duvall. Gone in 60 seconds. Gone in 60 seconds. I'll show you. And he does. He does. I'd say. He absolutely shows him. All right. Grayson, do you have final thoughts you'd like to pepper us with before we get into the ratings? Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
sort of already said it before, but again, I have a lot of fun with this movie. I think it's a, I think at its core, at its adamantium bones, ah! I think it's great. Um, but it it needs some trimming. It needs another pass of editing, and I think it could be really mm. excellent. Fabulous. I also think. Oh, you already had your final thoughts. What are this you going to give add, us though, now? All right. This. I don't know if we have Fast and Furious without this necessarily. Oh, what the heck! Oh, it it was a it was a uh, what like a sizzle reel yeah. of what could be the prototype Fast and Furious. Yeah, like, we'll do this, this. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So something can, hmm. something to consider because when because when you see the nitrous in the first Fast oh and Furious movie, a lot of I, people in that theater are like, "Oh yeah, wait, that's nitrous. Nitrous is cool." What, what have they been waiting on? Get Nicolas Cage in one of the Fast and Furious movies. Make him the villain of, the, of Fast 11 or 12. I don't know how many more they're going to make, but I feel like they're going to keep going. I know Fast 10's coming out this yeah. year. Keep going. But, um, oh, God, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be so, so good. He'd be the villain. They've said, they've said Fast wants to make it to space, and I feel like he'd be a great like Moon Man villain. Being like, you can't oh, race he's on an the alien. moon. Oh, he's, yeah. No, he's not. He doesn't. No, he's not an alien. He's like, he, to me, he should be like an Elon Musk has colonized Mars, and he's like, yeah. you oh, got, nice. If you want to live on Mars, you got to race your way in, and then they're racing okay, on Mars. Nice. Or like that rich, sleazebaggy yeah. dealership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's just like a multi, like a trillionaire who has it makes a racetrack oh, on yeah. the Yeah. All right. Well, let's move into the ratings, huh? Um, so this segment is uh, for where we rate our the movies out of five stars for the overall movie, and then we rate Nicolas Cage out of ten cages, where he gets five points for the technical, what he brought, uh, what, uh, what he uh, sorry, it's 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 five points for the creative, which is what he brought to the role from himself and his experience, and then five points for the technical, which is what he actually delivered on screen and what we saw. Um, Grayson, do you have gut feelings that you want to kick us off with, or would you like to round us out? I think movie overall, I'd give this a solid three and a half out of five stars. I think that kind of like middle ground, I think it has the potential of becoming a four to four and a half star film, but is held back by some of its devices. Um, Nicolas Cage, as far as creative... I feel, again, this is one of his less out there performances. So I'd maybe, I'm feeling like a two-ish, two around there. And then technical, I think he does his job pretty well for most of us. I'll give another like three to three and a half for technical, I would say. Kind of like right, again, it's like it all works when it needs to work. And, but it's nothing that's really like, oh, that moment. There's not a lot of like meme worthy moments Mm -hmm. in this movie. Except I will say when they're listening to, uh, low rider, and then he shakes his hands and he's like, Let's ride! Let's ride! And he does that little <laughs> handshake thing. I'm like, Oh, there, there he, is. he is. There's the cage that there you're waiting for. That little, Let's ride. Let's ride. And because someone tries to interrupt yeah. him, someone tries to interrupt him, and, they, and they're like, Don't, yeah. don't interrupt like, him. No, no, no. I'll go next scene, and then okay. you round us out. Um, I think this is like, a, I would give it three stars, but I think it's like a solid three stars. Like, I go back to what I said in the beginning where I would absolutely recommend people watch this movie, especially if you like car racing movies or like any sort of like heist movie or if you're a Nicolas Cage fan. I think it's a very fun movie and is a great watch. Three out of five stars. For Cage, I agree with you too for artistic. I don't think he's doing anything crazy here or anything, whatever. But I think technically 
minus one star for the Angelina Jolie scene, but otherwise I'm going to give him a four because I think he does most of his own stunt driving in this. So I'm very impressed that like, Oh, he, he does, does a lot of it. He does a lot of it. I don't know if he does the bridge jump. Not all oh, of it. Okay. Not I, don't all, I jumped to you. You've, you've I don't know if he does me. the bridge jump. I'll say four stars. That bridge jump is absolutely crazy. Um, and they're like, we can't risk you dying. But he does a lot of the driving for like uh, some of the other stunts and, and did spend a lot of time doing that. Um, and I think he's good in it. I think he like technically is very – he's subdued when he needs to be subdued and he's wired when he needs to be wired. Um, so for like a six, maybe six and a half. Cage. I'll agree with that. Your total is six and, six and a half? Four. Yeah, I have six and a half. Because I think artistically, maybe I'll give him a three. Maybe I'll, I'll jump him fully up to a seven. Four and a three. Seven. And what did you give him, Grayson? I, after you? that great convincing, I changed it to four technical and two about like a two. Six, so about six, a six. Seven. But again, it's like a, a very positive. Yeah, we're we're six. we're still enjoying. We six, still out, six out of ten doesn't sound great, it's but it's 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 that's good. Okay, okay. Well, this is crazy. So I, I I actually I agree that it's a solid three star movie. I'm honestly close to three and a half on it. Wow. Partially because I've enjoyed talking about it with you guys, and like I I think there's like interesting mechanics. Maybe I'm getting too crazy though. But let's say three stars. Because it's minus one star for the say, the the racism and the sexism, um, and it's minus one star <laughs> at, at least minus at least one minus star. one star and 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 one minus one star because we've got too many bad guys overflowing in and detracting from the movie that's actually there. I I I'm ready to give him nine cages for this. Hell yeah. Maybe that's too crazy, but I'm just It's not like, too crazy. Do I do it. five I give stars him, for I the give him high scores all the time. I, I never like to take away when he's just delivering and be like, oh, he didn't bring enough creatively. Because I agree, like, I'm like, he he went to school for it. Like, he was doing all the driving. I I feel like I can see different elements of, of him in it. And it's not his fault that, like, he starts to get crushed by the weight of the film, I would say. Um... And then I was only going to take one star off for the Angelina makeup <laughs> scene. It is so bad. So it is bad. so bad. I could honestly take off two. But don't. Leave it at a solid nine. <laughs> Do it for us. I'm gonna him. take off. I'm gonna right. take no. Damn. I'm gonna Damn. take off two stars. Two Damn. stars for the Angelina Jolie scene, and I'll and I'll settle on an eight because that just feels more truthful okay, to good. how I feel about it. Okay. Good. Um, so now you know, listener, how we feel about the movie. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Question. Send any emails to cageoldquestionpod at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and send a five-star review our way. Grayson, do you have anything you'd like to plug on the podcast? Um, I'll just plug my social handles yes. i guess uh you can at on instagram at grayson niles on tiktok at grayson niles crane like very Frasier. funny nice. stuff um, very funny good yeah. stuff yeah, I make Grayson dumb has videos such good videos. Grayson's so um, funny he's great characters and, and here's the thing his characters i feel like a lot of people put out like a similar crop of characters grayson we're outside the box here we are yeah. in different territory and it's <laughs> awesome um and we'll also have a link to that uh in the show notes and I'll just special shout out to my top favorites, which are guy standing at a standing ovation that he thinks is going on too long, but <laughs> and uh, and man trying to sit in chair. 
those are two great characters. <laughs> two great ones. Right. Thank you. Artoon, do you want to plug? Uh... Uh, come to Harold Nights on Monday night. And also, uh, if you're looking for sketch, uh, my sketch team at UCB Honey is going to have a best of show in March. Uh, and once we have a date, I'll let everyone know about that. But something to just ruminate on. Just ruminate on it. <laughs> Speculate. Look forward to that. Uh, and also in the future, for our next episode, we are watching the 2000 film The Family Man. We hope you'll watch with us and listen in. Signing off, this is Christina. And our two Nazareth with special guest. Grayson Niles. And we're asking you the cage-old question. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. I'd like to take his his face off. Oh, oh no, not the beard! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, yeah. H, I, J, K, L, M. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny.